welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. How can we transition? Horrifying into the chapter. Speaking of horrifying, Speaking chapters of horrifying. 11 through, I mean, no, chapters uh, 20 to 30, 21 to 30. I mean, we talk about mimics in chapter 21. They're pretty horrifying. They have tentacles. Yeah. 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 I don't know if we knew this before, but this chapter confirms that the mimics were Vane and were created using the Well of Spirals, which is handy to know. And also has the whole uh, blue sky, different colored sun gimmick, right? That a lot yeah. of people don't know about. Also, yeah. what's with the what's with the boomer Vane that is just like <laughs> you're not the real queen. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It was a it was a way to um, trigger Theron's okay. mind to get rid of the uh, enchantment. But it's just really funny that there's this old, like, it seems, the way it's presented, it seems like an old Vane just, like, believes in conspiracy theories. It's like, oh, you're not really Queen Cario. Yeah. That was not the vibe that I got from that interaction, but I kind of like your version better. <laughs> Maybe because I listened to the audiobook and the, the, the narrator uh, makes the Vane sound old. Okay, okay. <laughs> Like, for a race of people that consistently change their appearance, you'd think this would come up more often. Right. People impersonating other people. I think it takes too long. I think people would notice. Like, normally you don't do it all at once. Also, it's really painful. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I think people would be like, hey, you kind of look like that guy. That's weird. We haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> but you could also just be like, I don't know. They fucked you know, I have it. Like, they're all just mm-hmm. fucking each other all the time, too. So, there's a lot of, like, cross gen- gen- genealogical babies running around. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, we talk a lot about how we want the prequel books. I'd also like a prequel book set in the mantle, just being like, there are a lot of issues that crop up when you don't have uh, ancestry taboos. Mm. Of any kind. Like, you can have sex with your immediate family. You can, like, resemble them or not. Yikes. Yeah, it's weird. So, in this chapter, too, we kind of, like, uh, learn a little bit more about the harp. The Valathia harp. And, like, man, I wonder what other random junk out there just has Vane souls in it. A Nintendo 64. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, you put a soul in a Nokia 500. That's- that's what it my Sally Stone destroyed. would be. Yeah. My Sally Stone would be a Nintendo 64. <laughs> nice, nice. With the, with the gold Ocarina of Time ca- cartridge Ooh. in it. <laughs> the, the, the gold cartridge is my upper soul, and the Nintendo 64 <laughs> is my lower soul. <laughs> we also, in this chapter, have um, Talon helping Theron out here. Yeah. Due to, uh, I literally while I was while I was reading it was like, why is Talon helping him again? And then, you know, sh- she says it's because of Ola's 
influence. And there was one part I I couldn't remember, um, but Ola betrayed me. And then Town is like, Ola didn't betray you. And then sort of like hints in Cariel's direction. And what was the, do you remember what the, is it taking Kieran away? Was that the original? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea that Cariel gave the baby to Lyrilyn, who was going to take it to Mm. Ola? think or sergia because of the yeah um, the Griffin yeah men like he playing. did end up where where cariel intended him to go we just lost Lyrilyn along the way yeah so i think that's it the idea that like she helped hide his son from him like in plain sight yeah oh, even okay. if that wasn't originally the plan yeah. it certainly still oh yeah because ola was supposed to take kieran out of the city that's what it was right Right. yeah Yeah. so ola then kind of in turn betrayed cariel by just staying in the capital city with him was ola supposed to take kieran to the manalvane or was that like the original plan and then the griffin men yeah after the whole uh you know lyrilin situation they're the ones that ended up getting uh kieran that's it yeah yeah, yeah, he was supposed to go to the Vane, that's what it was. Another detail that I didn't pick up on, I, I read this one, this is my third time reading it. Theron implies his dad also enchanted him. What the to, fuck did to make him do to Theron? To make him, like, look away from certain things and forget right? certain things. And it makes me really curious how yeah. that affected like the Theron that we see in Ruin of Kings, how he looks away from the things that Darzan does. Is it that there's still remnants of that enchantment left? Or is it, you know, human conditioning of he's done this for so long that he now like it's become like part of who he is where he looks away from things he doesn't want to deal with. Yeah, these these chapters we get I think more like Theron internal development and backstory than we do kind of in the rest of the series, and it's like it's fascinating. And I'm just like I want to know what happened because yeah, we have this stuff. We have him kind of yeah talking you know thinking about what his father did to him and stuff, and then later when he's with Doc, they're kind of reminiscing about their past together and the shit that they got up to, and it's bonkers. And, like, we get through these chapters with Theron. The reason why his chapters are good and him as a character and Tarendel as a character are good, even though they discuss them both being bad people, is that they're both self-aware that they're assholes, while mm-hmm. Cariel is not. She thinks she's in the yeah. right. <laughs> well, she thinks she's right. She knows she's an asshole for doing the enchantment, which right. does give me... But she still does it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and which is the problem with Theron, too. He knows that he should do something about Darzan. He knows he should fix something. He knows he should have set Cariel free at some point, yeah. and he yep. doesn't. Yep. Yep. So. And, and Tarendel does a good job of being like, he's like, she's like, oh, she slaughtered my family. And Tarendel's like, yeah, but you're not there now, are, are, are you? Yes! Now that they're slaughtered. <laughs> Like Tarendel, like, they're like a calls him on his from here, shit, and you're you're with me in this bar. Yeah, right. And <laughs> yeah, and also he's in a bar because he is an alcoholic. That that becomes we kind of knew that, but he he himself even knows it 
in these chapters. He's just like, I don't want to look at this. I need to be drunk all the time to cope with the bad stuff that's happened to me. I I love how he's like, fuck, I have to be the responsible one. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he's, he's been magically kind of managing his own like liver function and sobriety for the past 20 years because he'll get, yeah, he'll like get really drunk and then he'll like sober himself up enough to deal with things and then get drunk again. And like, he, he's hidden it from everybody because he can magically control his body. Well, right. Mm -hmm. While that is not a good thing to do. That's also awesome. I know. (laughs) Fuck. I want that. Just magically be able to get rid of a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Magic sobering up. Oh my God. This is a blatant plug for other books, but there's a great trilogy about a girl who has a magic power that only affects her own body. And at first I was like, yeah, whatever, lame. But she uses it to like become super beefy and then the next minute like change her chemistry so that her blood is like dangerous. It's amazing. Uh, It's Rebecca Schaefer, um, the Market of Monsters trilogy. Anyway, I'm done plugging other things on this podcast about Jen Lyons' books. Sorry, Jen. We love you. (laughs) But yeah, Theron... And and that leads us to another point about how Theron's first wife died, surrounded by healers. And he, he finally puts two and two together that maybe his slave that turned up exactly at the right time might be because of some meddling. It's like, you're a high lord. You're supposed to have more suspicions about things that happen. There's a term in music where someone that has been, like, purposely sought out and given, like, all, like, certain opportunities and, like, put in a position of prominence, they're called industry plants. Kieran is an industry plant. He was purposely put there by the eight immortals for this certain task, given certain prominence. He was placed there on purpose. Yeah, like the amount of manipulation going back, like multiple generations at this point, because even down to, you know, the idea that, okay, so uh, K. Mesra, uh, so, okay, so Cariel wouldn't do the ritual of night so mm. Kemezra and Kemezra loves her enough that she didn't want to execute her. So she sells her into slavery, where the, she's then bought in the middle of, not the middle, because they only went. They said they only went to the edge. Bought in the middle in the blight by Theron, and then spends the next twenty years in his house. And then Kemezra also kills. And ref- or not ki- necessarily kills, but like refuses to return Theron's wife. So then came Ezra and Theron come to like it's just yeah the the level of manipulation going on is is insane. Yeah, because without the whole like plan for Kieran, her being you know the death goddess, she could kill Cariel, her soul could chill out, and then Kemezra yeah. could entice someone else to sleep with her and then place that soul yeah you know old carriel soul into new new carriel's body and like it would completely solve her whole not wanting to kill her daughter situation but it's all part of this you know conspiracy to uh manipulate the uh prophecies yeah a lot of a lot of stuff comes together here yeah. And you have to think, like, 
So at the end, with a very reasonable point, um, the king and queen of the Vane are like, you've had 3,000 years, what were you doing? Legit. Like, I'm on his side immediately. Yes, kind of as Kieran? Yeah, Kieran instantly, like, you know what? You're right. Right. And Kieran, like, I... I don't know if he's lying or not, but... No. The king's got a good point, but the, the point of all of this is what Thane has been doing all these years. She's been manipulating these weird genetic bloodlines, like their characters in Dune, and, like, not paying attention to the real problem. Like, come on. Yeah. Yes, but then she, she should have come to the same conclusion that Kieran does now, where he says to the king... We wouldn't even have 250 years because the prophecies mm-hmm. are all coming mm-hmm. into play now. And mm-hmm. the fact that uh, Thane slash Kamezra doesn't see that shows like Tarendel makes this point when he's talking shit about the Eight Immortals to uh, Theron. And Theron's like, oh, you should show a little bit more reverence. And Tarendel is like, Fuck that. I'm not yeah. gonna No way. You don't know who they really are. I do. I I'm old people. enough to know who they really are. And he has a point, cause like Thane and Kamezra, all the other Adamotos should have come to the same conclusion that Kieran did. If they were gods. But they're I think not. we know why she has or at least it's hinted why she hasn't, which is that she's pissed that her particular race had to give up their immortality. Yeah. Like she wants the I don't even like want to say equality. Share. She wants parody. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucked up and petty. And I'm definitely watching um, Sandman, which just came out while we're recording this. Uh, I also and it's just like, it. oh, look, the gods are petty little shits. <laughs> also amazing, but shits. Is this the, f- the first mention in these chapters of Theron's uh, daughters that don't live in the capital. So. Or maybe they were briefly mentioned in the first book. Yeah. I think there were a couple mentions, but nothing, like, important. The first time, I think that, like, A, they've been named, and and just the idea that, like, they're out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, foreshadowing on, um, Shaloran and Galen, like, mm. their whole, like, relationship deal. Yeah. But before that, I want to point out a thing I never picked up before. Do you remember the brief moment where Theron is a, a, a Disney princess with birds flying around <laughs> his head and, like, animals singing to him? Oh, yeah. That's good. That was great. I, like, I immediately imagined, like, plain old Theron with, like, Disney animation around him and, like, animated birds <laughs> flying around his head. Like, it's uh, Mary Poppins or... Uh, that, like Aladdin with the tiger. Well, it's the mix of imagining a, the real person in the animated world. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Galava, or Galava, shows up and is like... Drops dad hey, jokes pumpkin. on yeah. Theron. Dad jokes? Is this like the the hallmark of a tour novel? <laughs> oh, and another thing I never, like... I knew what the ritual of night was, but I never put the like the the you know the magic system point to it. Where Galave explains that while burning uh, 
She explains how Tenye works and that loss creates a, a large harvest of Tenye, and that's why the Ritual of the Night works to imprison Valkaroth, because you have something that you give up that is that huge. And I was like, wow, I never really put that together, like how it works with... Because like, like, they teach you the whole Tenye business in the first book, and then it just sort of becomes sort of like background knowledge. And then you just don't really think about it because, like, it all the way uh, Jen Lyon writes it, everything still feels like it makes sense, even if she doesn't say tenye, 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 like every sentence. Mm-hmm. Although that makes me realize, why can't they just have a bunch of? Why can't they just make it part of all of their religions? that humans have to sacrifice things to keep Valkaroth imprisoned. Like, it's not a lot of Tenye, but over 3,000 years, you'd think that it would add up. Yeah, I don't know. Because the eight immortals are stupid. Because they're dumb. Or because they think they have it handled. Right, yeah. That's that's the thing. It's not that they're dumb. It's that they have, like, such hubris after all yeah. this time. Also, they're not the most attentive, judging no. by yeah. the fact that core exit and theron reflects on this like he's back in the capital city which he hates and he's like someone should have dealt with this <laughs> totally totally abdicating his own oh, responsibility as one of the 12 most important people in that capital city being like man who do i blame who's above me it's like bitch <laughs> like fix are you it yourself the manager yeah <laughs> don't care in this theron <laughs> karen theron I mean, they rhyme for a reason that I just realized. I want to know about the other Ritual of Night, the Galave and sex, because that seems a lot more fun. I think she oh, means sex. She means sex. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I okay. imagine, I don't imagine it's just sex. I imagine it's more of a gathering for sex. I mean, if, if you uh, know, all the animals join in, then... Oh no, no, no! I'm just thinking more of like a cheering section than anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they would bring you like post-coil snacks too, which would be great. <laughs> Little birds fruits. fetching you your cigarette. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Galava is fun. Actually, I quite, I quite like her. We didn't, we don't get a lot of her. Uh, we haven't seen any mm-hmm. of her up until this point. I think, right? No, yeah. No. Just, just yeah. mentions that she's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, who helps Dorna, so we're yeah. inclined to like right. her. Because yeah. she does the ritual of, what's it, seasons? The changing leaves. Changing leaves. Yeah, and we also, like, I guess it was obvious because we know she does that ritual, but we now know, like, just from this chapter that the humans from, you know, from the other planet, they, like the Vane, could change their gender because you know we know the eight immortals used to be humans and we know that galave has kids with thane but galave also has a kid with umfer and they're all dragons and then thervishar has a note of like well it like it could be either one of them was the father and either one of them was the mother Mm -hmm. so it's like put it it doesn't outright say it but you could put two and two together that the previous humans could also change their gender just like we learned the Morgage do and the Vane do. Yeah. It is wild that three of Galava's kids are dragons. Like that what a sucks. bummer. 
Yeah. That, yeah. Also, like, you raised some shitty kids, potentially. Like, we know that not all of the dragon people were shitty, but, like, you raised some real psychos, sounds like. Well, one of them is somebody's parent, and one of them is somebody's... Yeah. Gorakai is somebody's... Oh. Shit, I forget how. Yeah, how they mentioned they mentioned that uh, one of them is a father. Dad. Taja's dad. That's right. Oh yeah, but it makes sense. Well, it makes sense. Like they're only psychos after they're dragons. Before that, they're just you know, it sounds like they're just any dysfunctional family, like because they're just family members that are envious that their other family members have something that they yeah. don't. So they do that ritual in order to also become gods, and it backfires. Yeah. Or they just thought it was, like... Cool. That it wasn't going to go wrong, you know? Like, if you had the choice and it didn't seem like anything bad was going to happen, like... Like, like Jen Lyons said that Ayanarik did not know what she was getting into. Yeah. But Jen Lyons also implied that some of the dragons are... like, the p- people who they were before they were dragons are on, like, the same, you know, badness level yeah, of Relisvar. Yeah, they're, like, just as dangerous, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think she said that Gorokai was one of them. Gorokai, as, like, the agent of chaos, uh, makes sense to be the parent of chance. Yeah, Which true. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Gorokai and... does sound like a big bad name. <laughs> yeah. And Balosh, which is the, like, the plant dragon makes sense as the child of the earth and yeah like the what's it life goddess yeah life and and earth i think balash might be my favorite of the dragon balash is dope yeah but we get the the horrible news of the most important character from ruin of kings uncle baverin (laughs) his soul is completely destroyed oh uncle baverin was pretty good he was alright, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Him and Butterbelly just ripped asunder, never coming back. Oh! And then Theron, when he goes back to the capital, he finds out that Galen and Shalorin. Like, first he's like, I hope Shalorin does something to bring Galen back. And then we get confirmation that she did. I just love that Theron hasn't seen, like, this guy who's, like, one of his best friends in a long time. And he knows that he's going through this rough patch. And he goes down into the basement. And he finds his friend, like, been drinking. And he looks, he's chained up. And the first thing he says is, hey, asshole. Yeah. I love this scene. Like, they are so, there's some very creative insults for the, like, I think one of them calls, like, the other one, like, a dank harpy. And, uh, oh, yeah, Doc refers to Tarath as a top grade dick. Uh, Like, they... Yeah, this this instant sense of like people who have known each other for a long time have not always been entirely honest with each other, but are ultimately like do seem to weirdly trust each other and you know, in this terrible moment for both of them are supporting each other. And mm-hmm. uh I, I love it. It's great. Like they yeah, they just uh like Theron, you know, for all his internal monologue about oh, fuck, like I don't want to deal with this. Like he actually is a good friend to Doc in that moment. And uh, helps helps start to get them together. 
I love yeah, these scenes. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, like, they're so shitty to each other. But then they also, like, actually come to a place of understanding. And we get lots of good exposition out of it, too. Theron calls him dog breath. And then <laughs> he calls him, like, dragon breath back. And then Theron goes, no, I already used breath. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so yeah. good. And you see, oh, this is where Kieran and Therese get it from. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And they go through, like, the various, okay, so, all right, so you are actually Nikolai, and you're, who are, but you're actually also Terrandall the Black, and it turns out that you're kind of my great-great-grandfather, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But were you fucking Sandus? <laughs> I totally forgot that Sandus and, and uh, Terrandall were a thing. Yeah. Me too. And then Thervishar's footnotes, he's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also get that incredible uh, flashback where yeah. the, like, the radiation storm is like hitting mm-hmm. from... Like the f- uh, I think this is the this first is time the ritual yeah. of night happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, Terendel slash Doc slash Nikolai... Nikolai? Nikolai? Nikolai, oh. that's what it is, yeah is uh he's like kind of a wife guy it's yes. cute he's <laughs> such a wife, wife guy yes. and you know he i think that you know there's genuine affection for santas there's genuine affection for alana and his other partners but like his whole life has just been like where the fuck is my wife yeah i need to like, fix this him finding out that like valith like that cariel has valithia the harp and that they took her to took it to the well of spirals and he's just are you fucking kidding me i was looking for a rock this whole time or no he (laughs) knew it was the harp but he thought it was a curse not that it was a solly yeah yeah jen Lyons does a great job of uh transitioning from tarendel finds out about valithia being brought to the well of spirals right after kieran witnesses Mm. Valthea getting a new body at the Well of Spirals. Mm-hmm. She's been asleep for a long time. Like a couple hundred years, I think, at least. I think more like a thousand or something. Yeah. Because I don't think that he would have married Alana Milgreest if he had been with Valathea. I think she was around during that time, so that yeah, was at least like 500 years. Yeah, because Alana and Valathea also had a thing. Yes. That's right, I forgot about that. And isn't it Valathea that Alana, doesn't she, the way she splits Kieran, well, Sarek's soul oh, yeah. from Valkaroth is used by using her, the spell that she uses involves playing Valathea, I'm pretty sure. Does yeah, it? I thought maybe I she learned so. the spell from, okay, well, Can't we're gonna find out. Works, yeah. yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll get there. The Chainbreaker vision of the first Ritual of Night was pretty dope. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. What I, what I like about that is so often in fantasy when they like refer to flashbacks, especially if it's a really old character, like in in the like present, they usually act with like the same way everybody else. But then in the flashback, they like act old timey or like mm. like fantasy, old fashioned. Yeah, but. Tarendel is just as much as an asshole back then <laughs> as he is in modern day. So even though, like, you know, everything is, like, completely sort of different and, like, the sun was a different color and there's gods and everything, Tarendel is still, like, what the fuck are you eight immortals doing about this? Yeah. <laughs> like, he he hasn't changed. Like, he he's still acting the way he was, which I appreciate. And he's still... 
making sure that his wife doesn't yes. do the ritual of night. Yes. Which is adorable. And so we, we kind of get this, it's, it's a bit of a throwaway line, but it ends up being like a huge piece of foreshadowing for the end of the book where he mentions, he's like, oh yeah, I was, I was going to do the ritual of night and the Voromir just did it first. I, I screwed up a glyph and it didn't work. And so that's why the Voromir lost their immortality. And, uh, and I mean, do you think this, do you think he's known this whole time that? Yes. Because Theron. Yeah. Yeah. Theron tries to realizes there's something that he's not saying and tries to press him more for it and doesn't uh he can't get it out of him. So yeah. So he's I probably didn't pick up on that the first time, but this time Same. it was yeah. like Oh yeah, there's definitely more. Yeah. Uh meanwhile, over with the Hell Warriors. Lots of emotions. Also a total fake out. I was like, we're going to get eaten by snake dogs. Wait, no, yes. they're puppies. They're our friends they're now. Yeah, I I really enjoy these conversations that Kieran and Teraith have in these chapters. Like, it's, especially when they're just like riding in the lizard basket together and they're like <laughs> stuck with just each other and they got to talk out their problems. And, and I think they, they both do a very good job owning up to their own emotions and you know, having a little bit of a, a therapy session with each other. They're they're much better when they're forced to talk about it. Although I will say, like, dropping a love bomb on someone Ooh. who you Ooh. haven't previously, like, had any kind it's of a lot. relationship with is... Tarath is very extra. He's yeah. very extra. I mean, he's very motivated by the fact that Janelle is dressed like a sexy lizard biker babe. <laughs> <laughs> that, this is a good point, and I'm going to bring this back to, of course, wrestling. A lot of the times, the great women wrestlers that wear, like, the ones that wear, you know, skimpy outfits, while they're great, the ones that wear outfits like Janelle are usually the ones that people pay more attention to. Because it's not about what you wear, it's about how you wear it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she's got like these sick. She's basically wearing leather pants, a motorcycle jacket, and like a yeah. like a tank top. And then she's got like bones and teeth in her hair and her lavos. It's a sick look. Oh yeah, and then Karen explains, which I never picked up before, that uh, George T. Stallions express masculinity through jewelry and body ornamentation. Yeah, which I think we had seen referenced before, but. Uh, we get a lot more of it in this book and going forward. And they're both just like, you know, staring at her. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. And then and then we get the very good and very uh, savage uh, bit where Teraith is talking to, or sorry, Kieran is talking to Teraith and he's like, remember something you told me a couple years back about a woman that was out of my league and uh, what you told me? And then he says he turns. He basically turns to Wraith and looks at Janelle, and he's like, "She's not for you." Damn! Damn! Yeah, Fuck! Like, give that man a microphone to drop. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was rude as hell, but it was a great, great burn. And then they get stuck in a basket together for several yeah. hours. What makes it even better is that then Janelle is like. Yeah, you guys gotta stop. I'm not gonna be your scorecard <laughs> right? for this. Like, I'll go with Thervishar. You yeah. two. She knows go exactly what is happening. 
Yeah, like, they're not being subtle about their whole, like, competition bullshit. Yeah. Um, and that's followed up by, so I have a, I have a long-ish quote to read from Tarith, but it's one of my favorite things that he says, and it's one of my favorite passages from, like, all the books. And, um, so he says, this is when they're in the basket, he says, you know what the worst thing is? Worse than failure, worse than that moment when you realize you screwed up irrevocably, the arrows are falling, and you'll never be able to make this right? Watching the two people you love fall in love with each other. Don't you think it fucking kills me every time I see you hold her hand, every time she cries in your arms, the way you laugh and smile at each other? And who am I supposed to be jealous of? I spent four years trying to win either one of you over, and it took you both one day, one whole day, to forget I existed. (laughs) And you know what? Fair. Like, don't get me wrong, he was not the best, maybe, at communicating his relationship intent with Kieran, but it's true, like, it's been a week since yeah. he last saw like both of them and yeah. they are like in love with each other now in front of him he was open with janelle about his intentions yes yeah and she was too but then they also just didn't really run into each other very often but yeah like on the know. other hand Tarif fails to know anything about jorty's yeah. at all yeah and kieran has to explain that to him they like physical affection like uh, you know, their culture is completely different. So what you're seeing as interpreting as us falling in love is completely normal for Jorty's culture. And like he could have easily brought up that, you know, while you were courting with Janelle, Janelle was, you know, sleeping with Talia, doing very similar things that she is now doing with Kieran, because that is part of Jorty's culture. And, you know, he's like, I, I do like that Kieran is like, oh, it's great for a sub and dom relationship. Yeah. But I don't know about <laughs> romance. And I'm like, yeah, I and I do. There's a little bit that I love, too, where Tarath is like, I was in Jorat when I conquered it. As <laughs> and Kieran's like, yeah, I mean, it might have changed in a few hundred years, bro. Oh, yeah. and it's funny that Kieran admits that before... The whole, like, him starting to get his memories back about Sarek when he got teleported to... Oh, God, I always forget the name of the city. Yes. That he had a tie... He had, like, a tying up kink. Yeah, Because we saw that in the the first book. (laughs) Right. But now it's ruined for him because now he's afraid (laughs) of small spaces. Yeah. Oh, and I never picked up before that the lizards are as big as elephants. Me too. I forgot that. I thought, like, I think I was getting them confused with the ones from the Theron and Cariel chapter where they're like horse-sized lizards. Yes. But yeah, big elephant lizards. Fuck yeah. Love it. Honestly, the Thriss have it all figured out. I think if I was going to live in uh, her, I would just be one of the Thriss because they seem to be having a great time. I love that they brought back the monkey nickname. Yes, for oh my God. <laughs> and they explained yeah, the story that guy is, about is Sarah's a, cousin and there's a golden monkey <laughs> in the mantle of honor. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and then and then there's this really sweet moment where they're still in the basket, and after they've kind of had it out a little bit, then they talk about like what are they going to do after all this, and it's it's really nice, and you know, Kieran kind of talks about how. You know, he used to would have say he would he or he he would have used to say he was gonna buy a bar, but that was probably just because he wanted to support his dad, and and now he kind of just wants to support Janelle because 
Janelle has it all figured out, and if she's got a plan, he's gonna help with that plan. See, yeah. I took that part very differently. Yeah? Because to, to me, Therese not knowing what he was gonna do after this sent me, like, a lot of Thane red flags uh-huh. when I read it this time. I was like, the fact that he doesn't know what he's going to do after this shows me that he has never been really in control of his life before. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah. Tareth has very rarely actually been able to choose the course of his own life. But also, he's used to being given things, right? He's used yeah. to being given his resurrections. You know, he's this little princeling of this little island. And I think that he... You know, I, I sympathize when someone's like, it really sucks that the two people that I'm in love with are falling in love with each other in front of me and they're not including me. But at the same time, I was like, well, I, I get that that sucks for you, but you're also not entitled to people's affections, yes. especially when you refuse to learn anything about their culture and you keep insulting them. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you're not going to be given this. You have to try. So... I think Josh, you're right that it's he's he's used to not being in control, but also he's used to not being rejected either. Yeah, he is so. yeah. kind of spoiled in a weird way, or coddled. I don't know if that what the yeah. word is, but and he always takes Kieran's like like the kissing scene and the stuff on the island. He always takes their Kieran's rejection from that, where like Kieran can easily see it on his face instead of like. It's taken this long for Therese to talk to him about it. Yeah. And he does it in a way by with the He does it in a way where he does it up to eleven with the declaration of love when yeah. there probably should have been conversations before this. Or just like not taking it personally when he gets rejected by someone who's been raised in a culture that's super homophobic. And right. also like, just might not be into dudes. Right, like he's not entitled to Kieran's love. He literally or told. Affection. He literally told Therese that in the first book. Yeah, where he says, not, "I kissed like, like I mm-hmm. kissed a bunch of dudes, and I was not into it." Mm-hmm. Which you know, we find out later that you know it's not true, but that's not the <laughs> point. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly straight is definitely one of Kieran's uh, best catchphrases, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, we talk about all the time how we want prequel books and stuff. I want short stories, and the specific short story I want is, what did Thurvishar and Janelle talk about in the baskets (laughs) on the lizards while this was going on? (laughs) Were they just, like, talking about spells? Or, like, history? Or, like, Janelle filling him, him and on about... Oh my god, I hope that it was just Thurvishar asking about Senere. Is she okay? Did she mention what me? Did she look, what did she look like the last time you saw her? Yeah. And Janelle probably misunderstanding, being like, her boobs are fine. <laughs> as, as Dorda would say, she's smuggling melons. Yeah. But Thurvishar, like, very, very carefully does not care about that, so... No, Thurvishar, this these chapters are so great for Thurvishar because it's just like a grown ass adult with three twenty year olds <laughs> who are all getting their emotions all over each other, and he's over here like, hmm, I accidentally stabbed myself. Yeah, but knowledge wise, 
knowledge-wise, Darvishar is a grown-ass adult, and physically he's a grown-ass adult, but socially he's just true. as much as a 20-year-old true. as yeah, the rest of them. That's true. That's true. Ultimate homeschool child, Darvishar. So this book's weirdly helped explain a lot of stuff that's always frustrated me about about religions with reincarnation, right? Because every religion with reincarnation is like, but you don't remember. And that, from a theological perspective, is frustrating for me because if you're being punished for something, you don't know how to fix it right. if you don't know what it is. And so, like, you're just supposed... And, like, there are a lot of other explanations for why this, you know, like, it justifies, like, keeping society at the status quo or, like, it justifies why... You know, even if we're reincarnated, we don't have any memories. It's like, oh, well, you're not supposed to. Those are all legitimate readings, but, like, this also makes sense. It's like, that would be too much for anybody to bear. Like, if you did something horrible in your first life, you would spend the rest of eternity feeling shitty about it. And it just, ah, this kind of makes sense in the way that it plays out. Because, like, even remembering his last life sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, like feeling some way about something but not knowing if you're feeling that way because of your own experiences or because of your past experiences mm -hmm. like yeah seems complicated yeah it does there's oh that, that reminds me there's there's multiple uh portions in these chapters where people are like man cave isra really is uh has a wicked sense of humor doesn't she because like kieran and Tareth are talking about like, the various reincarnations that led to, like, Atron Kandor's widow, Ilana, end up with Kareth's dad. <laughs> like, and, and then he kind of has the same, th where, like, he talks, or, like, Terendel's like, yeah, you're, like, th you, Theron, you're, tech you're kind of my great-grandson, but not really because of body swapping, and also, you know, various people getting reborn in various bodies, and yeah. There are so many red flags for Thane mm. in these chapters that I did not pick up on the first time I read it. Not the slightest. Yeah. Because I just assumed, you know, you know, at, like, even when, like, at this point, I knew that the Ritual of Night is probably not a great idea, mm -hmm. it still seemed like, oh, Kermesra just doesn't know, rather right. than Kermesra knows, but she's going to do it anyway. Yeah. Because she's a, a petty bee. I do love the, like, uh, and the audiobook does it so well because the actor, like, literally screams it. You had three thousand years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kellanis and uh, is it Mayani? Yeah, I don't Mayani. Know. Yeah, uh, the audiobook pronounces it uh, Kalanis. Kalanis and Mayani are dicks. Uh, and then it's awkward because it's like, oh, you're my aunt. Kieran's like, you're my aunt biologically, and you're my uncle emotionally <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but also you're the sister of the woman who murdered my mother that's right too yeah yeah and, but, but yeah but biologically yeah. and yes. but yeah 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 there's a lot of uh stone of shackles genetics fun times in this chapter i thought reading it the second time i could hold it all in my head 
I can't. I can't it's do so it. Too many things happened. Well, and it doesn't help that, like, multiple characters go by multiple names over the course. Like, Doc, Terendel, and Nikali are all the same person. It's like, oh, God. Gotta keep all that track. I don't find it that confusing because I've read the Silmarillion at least four times. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody body swaps in the Silmarillion. I know, but they go through even more name changes That's than true. these books. Josh has studied the blade. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, and it's like one of those things where like Colonus is a real dick, but he has a good point. Another example of worst person you know. Yeah, made this. a really good point. <laughs> and then they get uh, shipped off to the quarry, whatever that is. We go find out. Yeah. Do we know about that yet? I don't. Th- they mention no, it. They really. mention. I think they like they drug them or something, right? And well, they drug Thurbishar and Jamel for sure. Yes, right. And I think as Maybe. they're kind of like getting, oh, oh yeah, they're just getting arrested, basically. Yes, and Kalanis implies he, that he's going to. Uh, execute Karen in a couple days. Yeah. If like this a whole plan to draw out um, Cariel, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't see. I don't get Colossus' plan at all. Like, just, what? What? What is letting them go going to do? Like, even if you sent them into Corthane Blight and they can't get in contact with the eight immortals there, and they can't get into the eight immortals here. They're still gonna find out. Like, yeah. there's no way they're not gonna find out. So I don't understand the point of uh, imprisoning them and then this execution that's gonna happen. And I think for me, a big theme of this book is like people playing politics over the actual issue at hand. Like, you have Thane trying to enact the ritual of night, even though it would only buy 250 years and it wouldn't really because like if if kieran can look at the signs and be like no this is happening like in the next year or two mm-hmm. like she's just you and you have you know cariel you know obsessed with getting back her throne in the midst of all this is going on kalanis and mayani are like uh trying to buy time shuffling off the hell warriors to places uh-huh. like when yeah like the the eight immortals are gonna figure it out um, there's a lot of people like vying for power here and not really thinking about the actual big, big problem. Right. I just don't understand how this is going to help Colonus in any way that just letting them go and getting them out of his hair wouldn't. Like, or just, it's just straight murdering them. Like, I get that they are potentially useful maybe to someone at some point, but like, hmm. You know, I, he doesn't care about Janelle and Thurbishar. Like, as a king who's a dick, I don't understand why he's not murdering them. Fair. Yeah. Well, as applied, he's not murdering them because then their souls will just talk to Thane. Right, right. About what happened. Oh, so but what, he thinks yeah. that Thane's busy. Right. So, I don't know. I, I just think the same amount of time yeah. of imprisoning them and doing this whole fake execution thing. The same, in that same amount of time, Thane is going to find out yeah. as it would if he just killed them or if he yeah. just let them go. So I don't get how in any yeah. way this is helping him at all. Maybe when except we for the next to, chapters. Maybe. Except for to draw out Cariel. Yeah. It's also possible that he's just kind of dumb. Like, he can be smart and good at, at uh, Vane politics, 
but not understand the larger ramifications. So like, or he's just arrogant. That's fine. Yeah. You know, or he's arrogant. Yeah. I mean, people don't make ideal decisions, and that's fair. Right. I did appreciate Dervishar's remark when they're talking about uh, when King Kalan is like, "Oh, and I suppose he's related to somebody." And Thurvishar is like, no, I'm just pretty. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I mean, also a good idea not to let on that you're the son of the former emperor of the country that they've been at war at. Uh-huh. Oh, that's yes. a good point. I didn't think of that. <laughs> just to go back to uh, Theron and Tarendel for a second, a thing that, a fact of these books that I always forget is that Ter- that Sandus is the one that got the Devoran priest to steal the harp for Tarendel. Right. But yes. before Tarendel could get the come back from the island and get the harp, Relishvar stole the harp from the Devoran priest and Sandus died. Right. I forgot about that too. Yeah. I thought I thought Sandus sent the Griffin men, and then a Devoran priest stole it from under them at some point because uh, Relosvar also controls the Devoran priesthood. This is quibbling. Relosvar stole know, it, it seems, from somebody who stole it. Tarendel seems to imply in these chapters that the when it got pr- stolen by the Devoran priests in the Rune of Kings that we read it, mm-hmm. yeah. that that was Sandus doing a favor for him, and then it got stolen again, and that was Relos Var stealing it. Yeah, I think I think we agree on the major points. Yeah, yeah. Relos Var stole it and then gave it to Kirill. Yeah, I think that we I think that happened in the chapters from the last episode. Yeah, because I, I, like, and I think even last episode, I was like, oh, I don't remember why Valathia got stolen, and then we learned it in this episode, so, yay. <laughs> Unclear what Cariel needs Valathia for, though. Leverage. Maybe. Political yeah. stuff, probably. Yeah. She just wants a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Valathia is universally respected among all the Vane, too, so if you can have that person on your side, even by just like being the person, being the one to bring you to the well of spirals, that's probably a point in your favor. Okay, I found the passage. So Doc says, "Yeah, it kills me. The last time we spoke was a fight. I was so angry at him." And then Theron responds, "Let me guess, you found out about Cor- uh, about how he asked Corin to give Valathia to my son, meaning Kieran." And Doc Doc's eyes were too bright as he nodded. Exactly so. I demanded that he get her back, which uh, he did. But before I could come back and claim her, I found out Sandus has been murdered and someone else has stolen the harp I originally ordered stolen in the first place. And then Theron responds, wait, you were the one that stole Kieran's harp? And then Theron... Uh, Tarendale responds, technically, I'm pretty sure the Devoran priest did that. Doc pointed an angry fi- uh, finger at him. She's not Kieran's harp. I like your kid, but she doesn't belong to him. So from that, that's where I got that it was the Devoran priest that stole the harp on behalf of Sandus. Oh, that was what I was going to bring up. How did they get Thervishar and Janelle? Did they just leave the Black Brotherhood place and get caught? Yeah, I don't know. Off-screen shenanigans. 
If they don't tell us, I, I'm guessing that it's doesn't matter. Also, a prerogative of the king to know where yeah. things are. I would reread book three completely from uh, Janelle's perspective rather than because this whole because like we got you know Janelle was the main perspective in book two, her and Cone. So and but this book it's you know um Kieran mostly Kieran mm-hmm. with some uh Theron Carrie like but imagine the whole book from Janelle's perspective. It is weird to get so much of Janelle last book and then like have none of her now, mm-hmm. like perspective wise. Mm-hmm. I understand why she did it as a narrative choice, though, because Janelle just doesn't know that much about the Vane. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's going to be a lot. Like Kieran's already confused about the Vane, but he has connections to everybody there, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're so and so's kid. Great, you're in jail, or you're a prince, <laughs> or sometimes yeah. both." I um, did originally think that then book four would be a Janelle book, mm-hmm. and then it turned out to be an everybody book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody and even more people book. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, what are y'all reading? I'm reading uh, Nona the Ninth by Tamsin Muir, which I still don't think I'm saying her name right. <laughs> One day I will look it up and figure it out, which I should do. <laughs> but so far it's just as weird as the second book, but in a completely different way. Uh, you guys are going to love Nona, the character. She's great. There's a lot of there's a character named Hot Sauce which you'll love, and uh, it definitely is. Um, the author described the first two books as the question books, and the last two books as the answer books. There's definitely some answers that uh, are gonna surprise you. Okay, like all right, gotta get that. Get that going. Mm-hmm. Steph, what are you reading? I just finished Lavender House by AC Rosen. Oh, yeah. Uh, I told myself that? that I really liked it. Yeah, I told myself that I had to finish it before I started reading Nona. So I'm going to start Nona tomorrow. And then I still haven't really like pulled the trigger on uh, another book at the moment. Debating on if I want to do Star Eater or one of the ones that we talked about last week. Because as I was editing the uh, Age of Enjoyment episode, like all the books you guys talked about, I was like, "Fuck, those all sound really good." I might, I kind of want those too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had that there? problem. I went uh, from that episode and immediately requested a bunch of books. Yeah. So we're just gonna see which ones get here from the library first. Yeah. I'll read those. I got Daughter of Red Winter and uh, Lavender House isn't out yet, but I requested that one. Um, just a bunch. But what I do have right now is. Um, God, what am I reading? Oh, it's called Pseudo Tooth. I am three pages into it. Okay. So don't ask me how it is. It's good <laughs> so far. Um, but it's like a small press book um, from the UK. Um, and you can find the article about small presses. Yes. Um, Geekly. Eight months ago at this point, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Well, still like four, four or five months ago. Yeah. August, folks. Go look in August. But it's good uh, so far, and uh, it's supposed to be weird. Like, this is a selling point 
And I agree with that. It is a selling point. So bring <laughs> on the you, weird. Yeah, especially. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to start Nona too. I'm I'm saving Nona for when I can like sit down in a bathtub Ooh, yeah. and just be like, okay, this is going to be really strange, and I need to focus. Yeah, yeah. But Steph, where can people find you? You can find me on the various internet places at Steph O Kingston. Josh, you can find me at Four or Five Wits and Weekly Weeklyinc.com's reading section. What about you, Christina? You can find me at Olady Girl and also geeklyin.com. Yeah, books. books, books. What did we say <laughs> it was going to be? Well, you you've been saying come read with, read with us, which is very professional and good. And then Christina and I usually just yell books. No, but last time we said like something about uh, our reading book pile, uh, like pile it on, Daddy, or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, add my TBR list, Daddy. <laughs> oh no, I can't do it. I can't no. do it. I won't. Come read with us. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.